And welcome everyone. Good morning, beautiful people, on this beautiful Saturday morning. It's a great Saturday for a lot of different reasons. We got the Elite Eight starting up, and it's pretty much anyone's ball game at this point in time. Gonzaga's at you still got Duke in there. We know they could very well be a team that could win the whole bleeping thing. But we still got a lot of entertaining things. We've got the Peacocks. Not the Peacocks of ULA, but they're out there strutting into the Elite Eight. And more importantly, I think the most important part of it all, I'm here with you. It stinks to high heaven as a fan of the Foo Fighters. Taylor Hawkins passed away. We'll be paying tribute to him throughout the show. Got some of the Foo Fighters' greatest hits on deck as we can kind of go in and out of segments here. But hopefully you're having a great one coming to you live from the beautiful 1037 The Game Studios. You can check us out. we got a bunch of ways to listen to us. As always, you can listen to us through the FM dial, the tower of power that is the game 1037 Lafayette and also 1041 Lake Charles. So if you're heading out towards Lake Charles right now, you're on the road. Maybe you're going to see a McNeese ball game, or maybe you're going out there to the casinos, maybe play some bets. You can check us out. Once you get towards Kinder, you can turn that dial over just a couple notches, and you'll land on 104.1 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can also check us out on our mobile apps. Just go ahead and download those free to download. Just search the game 1037 or the game 1041. It's just that simple. Or you can check us out on your favorite smart speakers and 1037thegame.com. You can listen to us live from there. So many different ways to check us out. And we got a lot to get to over the next two sweet hours. It will waste very little time getting into brass tacks and talking about what's causing all this on a Louisiana Saturday morning with your Saturday Sports Sermon. The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. It's time for your Saturday Sports Sermon. And of course, we start off with talk about the New Orleans Saints. It's mid to late March, yes. But at the same time, it is that perfect time of year to talk about that franchise. Because free agency is upon us. You heard me talk about it in the two-minute drill. Daniel Sorensen, former Chiefs safety. Maybe the Saints got the wrong Chiefs safety, but you know... When you're kind of cash-strapped, those things can and will happen. But I'm talking more about the quarterback position. 
because I'm probably one of the few people that actually like the idea of the Saints running back with Jameis Winston in 2022 over trying to get a big name, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson were the names I kept hearing a lot. People were riding that thing like it was nobody's business. And I questioned it. Why are we continuing to try and play ourselves into thinking we're going to get them? Because there's better suitors out there for those guys. Deshaun Watson was another one that came up recently. I think damn near every Saints fan on my social media feed was begging and pleading for the Saints to get him. Here's the thing. You were outbid. That's the honest truth of all this. You were outbid. There was a chance you probably could have gotten him, but you needed capital, and you don't have a whole hell of a lot of capital to work with right now, if we're being completely honest. And that's kind of where this all starts. You were a lot like a guy on an episode of Storage Wars. I'm thinking Barry Weiss, the old the old guy on that show. He'd always miss out on those really big fines, those, those lots. He'd always miss out because other bidders had bigger pockets to work with. They had more cap space to work with. They were able to navigate themselves out of cap hell. The Saints were able to as well, yes. But would they be able to in the long term? I think there were more franchises that were able to like a Cleveland Browns, like I think maybe even the Atlanta Falcons or somewhere else along those lines. There are a lot of other suitors for that spot. And yes, it stinks that you didn't get somebody like a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson or even an Aaron Rodgers. But you weren't able to really realistically get those because it would have probably cost you a pretty penny to get one of those guys. And I think that would have been out of the price range. The Saints do their best work getting guys from the Walmart discount DVD bin. That's where they get some of their best players. When they get big names, it doesn't necessarily work out all the time. Yes, it worked out that one time with Drew Brees a long, long time ago, but that's a galaxy far, far away now. But now we go to this conversation about shifting towards Jameis Winston going forward. And the question that I've been thinking about over the last several days, pretty much I'd say to a certain extent over the last year, is... What does Jameis Winston mean to this franchise? He's a former Heisman Trophy winner. He looked good before he went down with an ACL injury. And like while I was kind of prepping out the show, this question popped in my mind. And you can answer this question if you want. It's an open question throughout the show. Is this signing of Jameis Winston to a two-year deal? Is this going to be a? Do you think this is a short-term fix? for a long-term problem or is this the solution for the Saints quarterback issue for the foreseeable future? I'm talking five to nine years down the road. I'm not going ten. Because you never know what could happen between now and then. But I like to go about a five, six, seven year plan. That's how far out we're going to we're gonna map this out here. And depending on how that goes, then we can talk something else. But I think just for the long-term future, it got me thinking. And just by process of elimination and this past season kind of proved a lot of things to us. Number one, Taysom Hill isn't that long-term answer. And with Sean Payton retired and not able to have as much nearly stroke, if you will, in terms of the decision-making on the offensive front, it's tough for me to see him 
throwing another pass again as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He was that guy that would pound the table for him unlike any other. And Taysom Hill, hell of a guy. And he's got more of an ability to be a like Swiss Army knife. And that's where he's best fit. And you have to use him a lot as a Swiss Army knife considering some of the other stuff you're dealing with. Then you got Ian Book. He's definitely not the answer under center in the long term. I don't even think the short term he would be the right answer. And yes, you can you don't count the game he had, the game he did start against the Miami Dolphins after Christmas because everybody had COVID. But I think I can say without a doubt that Ian Book is Garrett Grayson 2.0. I've talked about this before. And not having Sean Payton there kind of hurts his chances as well because Sean Payton had that man crush on the former Golden Domer. Then we got Trevor Simeon, sidearm Simeon. He's now continuing his journeyman career elsewhere. Never really was going to be a long-term solution. Portal service? It's definitely a big maybe. He's shown himself to be a really good starting quarterback in other franchises, but I'm just not necessarily sure. That's just, again, that's my... P-O-V here. Now, we kind of look at this. All this conversation about, is Jameis Winston a short-term fix, or is he the long-term solution? Is he the next guy that's truly going to take over for Drew Brees, take over the Drew Brees helm, and we start shifting towards the future? I think he is. I think he can lead this team to the promised land. It won't be this season, but I think they can get to a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston. And especially with all the weapons they have in place right now, especially in the offensive front. You got Michael Thomas. He's, he's going to be healthy. Alvin Kamara, once he's done spinning the wheel of punishment, he'll be back and ready to go. If you want to kind of belittle the offense, I agree with you. There was a lot to nitpick about this offense. But you got to look at more about all this stuff because the offense just needs to get a little bit better. It's not needing to improve by leaps and bounds overnight. No, no, no. But you need them to get a little bit better because your Saints defense, for lack of a better word, has been all elite for the, fast, for the last few seasons. And it was probably a big reason why I'd say probably four of your last five wins of the season were due to your defense playing big the one I probably don't account for is the win over the Jets because that was the Jets since James Winston went down they won five games four out of those five I give complete and total credit to the defense for stepping their game up in a lot of different fronts and yes the offense was a big concern for the black and gold last season here's the thing you were without Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara had to do Herculean type stuff to get to the to point where he was able to be elite and get this team back in control. Michael Thomas, he's be back full go, more likely than not, for 2022. Will Lutz, he's gonna be back. Seriously, how much have we missed Will Lutz kicking field goals with consistency? We went through about five or six different kickers over the course of last season thank god we got somebody that's reliable and once Alvin Kamara's back 
from his stint on the NFL's Wheel of Punishment show, I feel like there's an 80% chance, or 60% chance, excuse me, of this team getting into the postseason. That's before the schedules were released and how long Kamara's going to be suspended for. I'd probably say six. But if it's more than six, I think the conversation changes. But just based off of what I think is going to happen, I'd say the expectations are for the Saints team to be a playoff contender once Kamara's back from the wheel of punishment because that defense is going to step up and help them win more games more often than not. The biggest concern, though, for this team, from my point of view, and if you've listened to the show enough, you know this all too well about me. I'm super concerned about offensive line play. And a lot of that has to do with the sheer fact that Teron Armstead is no longer a part of this team. He joined the Miami Dolphins, and i got to give a shout-out to the Miami Dolphins. They're trying, and that's something I never thought I'd see. A Dolphins team actually put in some good effort. Put in some actual, honest-to-goodness effort to try and actually win. It's been a while since they've done that. But here's the thing. There's a lot of concern from a lot of people with the fact that you got Teron Armstead no longer part of the team. I think they'll be just fine without him. The guy was a liability to a certain extent, kept getting injured. Yes, he started a lot of games, but I think they can be just fine. I think they could get a solid replacement, hopefully not in the first round. I keep saying it, and we'll talk with Thor Nystrom of NBC Sports Edge about some of the people that are kind of talked about and being levied or bevied about by fans and by certain prognosticators, where do the Saints go in the NFL drafts? We're getting closer to it. Going to start turning an eye to the draft as we are several weeks away, but it's still plenty of time to kind of get into that conversation. I think they'll be just fine without them. Get somebody a solid offensive lineman in day two, maybe even day three, and I think you'll wind up fixing that problem in the long term. And because that offensive line overall has been pretty doggone good. Now, mind you, I think the defensive line play for a lot of different teams has escalated a lot more. What happens next is anybody's guess, but I think the Saints can be a team that does a lot with a little. They've shown themselves to do that a lot. They they find diamonds in the rough late in the draft. They find diamonds in the rough in undrafted free agency. I think this team absolutely can be built to go in that playoff window. Yes, it's it's not wide open as it has been in the past, but I think we can all agree that the future is looking better maybe than it was about a month or two ago. We'll take a quick time out because we're going to flip it over to the LSU Tigers because they had a big signing earlier this week, signing on Matt McMahon, no relation to Vince McMahon, and what it means for the future of this program. We'll talk about that next, but if you want to continue the conversation about the Saints, far be it from me to stop you on this show. Give me a call, 337-706-0111, 337-706-0111. We got Thor Nystrom again at 1030. We're going to talk some NFL drafts, some of those big-name scouts and how he sees things working maybe for the New Orleans Saints and one raging Cajun that is a really good shot of making the NFL. We'll talk about that and more 
in hour number one. We'll keep it locked right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles back after this. Who is the world-famous CD, really? Whatever you think, when you think sports radio, he's the exact opposite. Yes, I will do the opposite. Let's get back to Under the Dome with CD before he starts acting like Costanza. George is getting upset! On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on Acadiana Sports Station 1037 The Game and 103 excuse me the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles old habits they still kind of die hard but again appreciate you listening in however you're doing so and heck we got a lot going on we got Thor Nice from him be joining the program in about 10 minutes or so if you want to call us up in the meantime and in between time call us up right now 337 706-0111. I got to say, we got some great stuff coming up that's up for grabs right now, including, I think this is absolutely something that I'd love to have, but I can't enter in. You sure can, though. And that is a chance to go see the Harlem Globetrotters. They are back inside the Cajun Dome in just a couple of weeks from now, and it's going to be a darn good show. They'll be out at the Cajun Dome Tuesday, April 5th, and you can see them live and in living color thanks to the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Their tour is returning, and we have a family four-pack of tickets to give away to go check out the the family-friendly show. All you got to do is text TROTTER, T-R-O-T-T-E-R, to 68683 to win tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters Take on the Washington Generals. Once again, text TROTTER, T-R-O-T-T-E-R, to 68683 to win a family four-pack of tickets to see the Harlem Globe Trotters live at the Cajun Dome, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Like I said, if you want to call, give us a call, 337-706-0111. Talked a little bit about the Saints in the opening segment. So that conversation is wide open about if... Jameis Winston is the short-term fix, or is he the long-term solution? We'll talk about that. Let's see what we got on the hotline right now. You can call us up again, 337-706-0111. Hello, you're on Under the Dome. Hey, good morning, CD. Hey, Ken, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you sparked something that when you were talking about the Saints. I mean, I mean, we still got a lot of problems. I mean, James Wilson, that's not a long-term thing. That's short-term. I mean, and then you got Alvin Kamara. I don't know if he's going to prison or what. Uh, Mark Ingram, uh, is he still on the team? Because yeah. if he is, he's, he's, he's injury-prone, and I think his best years are gone. And uh, I think we lost a lineman. And then Michael Thomas, I would not have on the team, missing uh, almost two years and have decided to have a surgery right before the season. I mean, you see it bright. I, I, I don't know uh, what's going on, but I, don't, I do not I do not see a bright future for the New Orleans Saints. I think there's a really good chance this thing can get a lot better. And again, I, what you what we saw from Jameis Winston last season, he, in those handful of games he played, yes, he got injured. But I think with the fact you're gonna have a your offensive line is gonna get better. I think he's gonna have more options to go with. If the Saints don't draft a wide receiver, 
that is this draft is going to be a failure and then the conversation is going to shift. But just strictly from what I'm seeing, your defense is probably one of the most elite in the league, has shown itself to be better and better every single season. And yes, you're losing Marcus Williams, but you still have a lot of core nucleus in there. You've got Marcus Davenport, who got who has gotten healthier and has played better. You've got Demario Davis, who is the true leader of the defense. I, I again, I like to be a little bit more optimistic well before the season even starts. But just from where I can kind of see it, Jameis Winston could be a long-term solution. Now, long-term, I'm saying being five years down the road because heaven knows what's going to happen between now and five years down the road for any franchise in the league, especially the way it's becoming more and more NBA-esque. And I think you can probably agree with me, Ken. It's becoming a lot more NBA-esque. Don't believe me? Go see what the Miami Dolphins are doing. Don't believe me? Go see what the Cleveland Browns are doing. Don't believe me? See what the Los Angeles Rams just did. They literally just had a super team put together and won a Super Bowl, and all those key cogs are starting to break away. Offense. That's a question mark. For me, that's a big question mark. I mean, if you don't have Michael Thomas, well, who do you have at the wide receiver position? That's elite wide receivers like the Rams got. Or, or like uh, uh, these other teams that got great receivers, man. Michael Thomas was a great receiver. He's no longer in my book. But, I mean, you don't have elite receivers on the same team. All right? You got, you got a suspect running back. You don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. So then who do you have after those two running backs? It, I mean, it, this it, is a, it's a huge question. You, you got Tony Jones Jr. That's your guy that you're going to be behind. But, again, there's a, I think the Saints, because of the way they have it set up, if they don't kind of mess around and trade up or trade, trade around in this draft, I think they could land a really solid running back in maybe day two. And, again, the Saints have proven themselves. I said it in the last segment, Ken. They have proven themselves to get guys that are good to great in later rounds or even undrafted free agents. They are a team that specializes in getting guys that are bargain bin. Quan Alexander, he panned out pretty well for that team and got him pretty much for table scraps and was able to turn that thing around and help, and he got better. I think there's a statement that I can just say right now, this Saints team, I don't think they, they have a really good shot if everything works out the way it should, Ken, and I think that's my big thing, is I'm okay. Alvin Kamara, if he's like, thank you. If he, okay, thank you, Ken. I appreciate the call. If you want to call 337-706-0111. But with Ken's point, I'm with him. I think there's some concern about Alvin Kamara. If he does, but I'm I'm always going to think with the Saints, maybe I think need, that, need to do that more with my personal life, is think best case scenario. Not necessarily worst case scenario, because I'm usually the other way around him my real life type stuff where I'm thinking about things that are going on work professionally. Let's go ahead and leave it, leave it, leave it that at the door. But if Alvin Kamara doesn't get, you know, if he winds up getting away scot-free, relatively speaking, because I think there's probably gonna be a big fine coming his way. Maybe some, I, again, I don't know what's going to happen in that court case. I'm not a lawyer, never going to try to be one. But if he goes away relatively scot-free and the NFL suspends him six games, I think you look a lot better. Michael Thomas, Ken thinks he's washed up. I don't think so. I think he's going to get a lot better as he kind of 
reacclimates himself to the game. Yes, you're going to have some rust to knock off. But if you had that good wide receiver one, and I think, as far as I've heard, I haven't heard anything to the contrary. And somebody can call me, tweet me, whatever. But I think Jarvis Landry is still a free agent as of right now. And I say, get that man his money as soon as you can. He's no longer part of clutch sports. And I'm never going to be a guy that's just outright going to say, go ahead and sign every LSU player ever. No. I'm going to say, sign guys that you know can be absolute impact players from the jump. And if you have a really solid wide receiver two, Jarvis Landry, alongside your wide receiver number one, Michael Thomas, you better ask yourself, how is this team going to get better? And my guy Miga is saying, Saints won't do it. Going to have to draft a wide receiver. And I'm with him. I think regardless of what happens, if you get Jarvis Landry or if you get somebody a little bit more, I'd say, mid-tier as a wide receiver too, again, going into the Walmart discount DVD bin. That's what I'm thinking. Either that or you go red box style and sign him to a one-year prove-it deal, some other guy. I think the money is there to pull that off. And again, I think regardless of what you do in, the, in free agency, you draft a wide receiver because this Saints team needs more bodies to work with. They need more bodies to work with. That's the bottom line. But we'll take a quick timeout. We got Thor Nystrom joining the program, NBC Sports Edge. We'll kind of get into the conversation about the NFL draft and moving forward with some of the big prospects. Obviously, we'll talk some of the more notable quarterbacks like Malik Willis. And also we'll probably talk a little bit about the Pitt Panthers QB that everybody's been talking about, Kenny Pickett and his hand size. We'll talk about all that and much more next with our guy Thor Nystrom. Make sure you keep it locked right here to Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Here's what you missed on the latest edition of RP3 and Company. HB1, man. HB1. HB1 RP3 birthday bash. Ooh, I can see the flyers now. My wife is at, she's, I I probably beat her to, yeah, she's already making it, going on Shutterfly or something, making those now. Tune in weekdays to RP3 and company here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The world-famous CD may be in his 30s, but he's still a kid at heart. (laughs) Now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear. With Under the Dome. With the world-famous CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and a 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station coming to you live from the game studios up in Upper Lafayette. And we're almost a month out from the NFL draft. And I'll be honest, this last week or so of free agency has got me like so excited. Get me looking forward to that big day because of all the countless trades and signings and everything in between. Seeing people jockeying for position in an NFL draft that feels pretty darn pivotal, not necessarily as big as maybe 2021 was with how many 
star top flight quarterbacks were in the draft. Obviously, we need to kind of get into that conversation and get into that mode. I know we're in, still in the middle of March Madness, but I think there's always a good time to talk about the NFL draft. So to do that, we're going to go out to the land of the ice and snow. Not quite Valhalla, but I'm sure there's a lot of Vikings roots up in Minnesota because we're bringing on Thor Nystrom, a senior content creator for NBC Sports Edge. A lot more of an NFL draft slant. Thor, how you doing, brother? It's always the right time to talk about the NFL draft. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And for the mock drafters out there, I'm not sure how much you do you you delve into that realm, but how chaotic and hectic has it been this last week for those guys that spend their time mocking up all the different drafts and basically being Doctor Strange to continue the Marvel Universe, if you will, and kind of putting together all these different scenarios ridiculously chaotic and i can i can bring you behind where the sausage is made on this because i was i was working on a three-round mock for work this past week and i had to i had to change the order several times during the week as these trades went down and then i had finalized the thing and then the tyree kill trade happened so then i had to change it again like Every single day, it seemed like, you know, there was a, a huge trade happening, just one after the other, a procession of them. And every single time you have to reset the board. And every time you do that, everything, you know, the decision changes in the slot and that changes everything that happens after it. So, it's, I mean, not only are those transactions a huge deal, but they, they change the entire course of, the, of how the draft is going to play out. Exactly, especially when you see some of the teams moving up into that top 10 range. I think that just changes the entire complexion of it all and seeing a lot of these teams make these big moves. Like the Houston Texans made some big moves. They're already kind of going to be high up on the draft board already, but making all these moves, especially in the first round, it's going to be very interesting to see how teams kind of go. But one man in particular that I've been seeing a lot about and a lot of hype surrounding is obviously going to be quarterback Malik Willis out of Liberty. And I saw him play against the Cajuns earlier this year. Didn't necessarily look all that great, but I want you to sell me on the hype surrounding one Malik Willis because he's been rising on a lot of the draft boards and a lot of the people that I've been following because of all what he's done in his pro days and everything in the combines. He's been a guy that's been moving up that ladder. He sure has. Yeah, I, I just saw on on Twitter that this like this past week, Malik Willis has now moved into the consensus number two slot with the Lions in terms of industry mock drafts. So the the, the tide is definitely going in his favor, and it's not necessarily a surprise. Like coming into the process, he was a little bit under the radar, you know, on on some some lists around the industry. He was QB four, five, six, you know, coming out of the regular season. Not on everyone though. Like he was my QB one coming into the process. Just I, I thought that the tools demanded it, if, if nothing else. But then Malik went to uh, Mobile at the Senior Bowl. He was clearly the best quarterback out of the six there. And Jim Nagy had gotten six of the top seven quarterbacks in the class. The only one that didn't participate was Corral, who was coming off of the injury. So, I mean, he, he, Jim Nagy had the, the, the cream of the crop there. And Malik Willis was clearly the best. And then Willis went to the NFL Combine. And despite not doing the athletic testing, the one thing that, that for sure would have blown up his stock, despite not doing that, he was one of the winners at the NFL Combine as well. Merely just by his, his personality sparkling, like he, 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 he charmed the, the media, he, he won the team interviews, and then he had that, that, uh, that, that viral video that went out where he was helping the person on the street and didn't realize that someone was taping him. 
So, I mean, he, he is he is very quickly on the rise. I've had him going to the Lions in my mock draft since uh, my, my one right before the combine, and it seems like that's the way that the tide is going right now. Talk right now with Thor Nystrom, NBC Sports Edge, definitely covers the NFL draft, a blanket on it. And one guy in particular that I've been – I've liked – and I think now that the Saints have signed Jameis Winston, I think it's time to kind of not necessarily focus in on quarterbacks is one Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Does size really matter when it comes to the size of a quarterback's hand? Yes and no. Like, my thing with Pickett, it's more that he has a mediocre arm. And whether you want to attribute all of that to having small hands and, and not being able to grip the ball is hard, whether you want to attribute part of that, however much you want to do, but you can't count it twice in his evaluation, right? Like, that, you know, like you, 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 if it, it, it can't be something that disqualifies him. Or, I mean, certainly you could decide that if you wanted to. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, he, he is a guy that played outside five years at Pitt, but. Um, for for me, it's 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 more just the overall body of it. I know that he can throw the ball. I know he can shuttle the ball off, especially in the short intermediate area. But he's always had a problem pushing the ball down the field, and he does have some problems gripping the ball. You know, he he has uh, some fumbling problems in college. He fumbled like twenty two, twenty three times or whatever. So it, it it it's a thing. It's just you can't count it twice in your evaluation when you're already dinging him for the arm strength thing and 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 some of the grip issues. And you talk about guys that have been in the league for a good while, like excuse me, in college for a good while, like Kenny Pickett. Another one that kind of springs to mind is Matt Corral, a guy that's been playing pretty much since his freshman season over at Ole Miss. What have been your kind of takes from on him and how much he could kind of improve his draft stock over the next few weeks? Because he feels like he could probably be a late first-round pick, early day two, depending on team needs for a lot of other different franchises i absolutely think he could be a first round pick and in fact i I know we're broadcasting right now from louisiana i in my most recent mock draft for nbc sports edge i have matt corral going to the saints at 18 i think he's in play there for for me outside of malik willis matt corral has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this class he hasn't gotten discussed quite as much as the other guys yet and the biggest reason for that is his pre-draft process really hasn't started yet because of that injury. Didn't participate in the Senior Bowl, didn't participate in the NFL Combine drills, stuff like that, the throwing session. So because of all that stuff, we just haven't seen him yet, and and his process really hasn't gotten going yet with the chatter and stuff like that. But you have to keep in mind the the kind of talent that we're dealing with here. With with Matt Corral's arm, you put it up against anyone in this class outside of Malik Willis. For for me, it's, it's either him or Carson Strong for the number two arm in this class. And then Matt Corral has a real dual element, dual threat element to his game as well. Um, the only concern that you have with that thing is his his frame is skinny, right? And so, like when he gets out of the pocket in the NFL and, and he's running around, you, you need him to start uh, to start sliding more and taking care of his body because you saw him get banged up at Ole Miss playing the way that he does. He's a very aggressive player, both through the air and then also when he decides to tuck and run, and a fearless player as well. But he takes shots, and he keeps doing that in the NFL. He's going to miss time, and that's not going to be a viable thing for his franchise. So he just has to learn how to take care of himself better. But the the ceiling certainly justifies a first-round call, and I think the Saints are a team that that, that that could do it. And, you know, like one of the big conversations we've had at this hour is what the Saints' future is going to be, the long-term solution in the post-Drew Brees era. And I think 
you brought up the fact you get somebody like a Matt Corral, number 18 overall. Do you think he could fall into that second round more along pick number 49? Because that's where the Saints are at number in round two. Because I think there's, I think that would fit better with their mindset versus get, going with a quarterback. I think you'd much rather go wide receiver in the first round because you need to have somebody, a solid wide receiver too, that can complement Michael Thomas. There's a shot, but I think if, if you're thinking about one of these guys that's going to fall into the, the middle of the second, I think the better odds of that happening is to Sam Howell because of the season that he's coming off of. And then also, Howell did participate in the Senior Bowl, but he probably wishes he didn't because he did not acquit himself very well there. And so be, because of those, those two things, his, his stock is way down. I, I think for that reason, he's, he's going to fall. Corral, even though his pre-draft process hasn't started yet, I just think because of the, the things I was talking about, the, the, the arm talent and then the duality with his, his dual threat, uh, the, 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 the value you can get from his legs, I, I just have to feel like he is going to go in the t- certainly in the top 40, but I, I really think at the end of the day an NFL team is going to want to get him at the end of the first round and get him th- that fifth-year guarantee on the rookie deal. Talk right now with Thor Nystrom, NBC Sports Edge, NFL Draft Perspective. And we'll kind of continue the conversation more with Louisiana flavor here. You mentioned Max Mitchell forever in a text to me when I was trying to get you on the show and hit you up. What have you seen from him, and where does he kind of land in your mind? Because he could probably be fitting more in that Robert Hunt kind of range in that draft where it's like early second round type character. You know, I I was talking about this with a friend a week or two ago about how Louisiana is an underrated offensive lineman factory. You know, and, and you know, I mean, I don't know if it's going to continue now that Napier is gone, but Napier did such a good job of both identifying and then developing offensive linemen. And so, you know, whereas, like, I, I remember just going back to the 2019 combine, I remember going up to Robert Hunt and having a conversation with Robert Hunt about, you know, you're coming from a smaller school, you're facing these perception issues, et cetera. I think because of the guys that have come before Mitchell, but very recently from the same system, he's not facing those same questions because Napier sent a procession of those guys to the NFL right before him. You know, Mitchell's a little bit smaller for a tackle, and so he's not going to be a fit for everyone. But I think for a zone-blocking team, they're going to love him as a potential right tackle guy who, if he – think about this like a, a, a baseball field. They, they have this idea of failing down the spectrum. So you draft, a, you know, say, a high school shortstop, and if he can't hack it at rookie ball at shortstop, you move him, say, to third base, right, or second base. The, the, the thing with Mitchell is you try him at right tackle right away. If he doesn't have the anchor to hold up out there, you know he's got the athleticism for it, the, the feet for it. He's got the hands for it, too. But if, if he doesn't have the, you know, as the scouts would say, the sand in the pants you know, for, for it out there, you can always move him to inside. A zone-blocking team is absolutely going to use the, the – the movement skills are going to play there. So you can have him fail down the spectrum. He's got two shots to fail, essentially, in the NFL between the right tackle position and then going inside. So he's going to appeal to a lot of zone-blocking teams, I think. Thor, one more before I let you go. I want you to kind of. I know you've put out your mock drafts. Who do you think is just that guy that's can't miss for like the number one pick in your mind? Because it, it feels like it's a lot less like consensus 
as opposed to like oh, recent years. For sure. This is another thing I've talked about, like with a lot of different people around the industry for this class is just like, this is a class that is very much different than the ones that we've seen in recent years where, you know, like last year, we knew who the first two picks were going to be a month before the draft. Right. And so it was easier to sort of project out the rest of them because of that. This class, we have no idea, you know, like, I mean, it, it, it could even be going up until late April, even the, the day of the draft where we don't know who's going to go one, two, three, there could even be trades. I mean, like the, the first pick could be traded, you know, I mean, leading up to the draft or on the, the day of the draft. But I, I think if Jacksonville keeps that pick, I think Aiden Hutchinson has, I'm not going to say locked himself in because with, with this class, there's, there's not that. Um, but I think at this point he has taken the leader in the clubhouse type, type thing because of the athletic profile he put up he he did all the tests which, which a lot of these prospects haven't done yet or are going to elect not to do period Aiden Hutchinson went out he did something that the Kayvon Thibodeau would not do he did something that Evan Neal wouldn't do and some of these other guys that, that just decided to sort of sit on their lead and and not do the athletic testing at, at the combine Thibodeau did do the 40 but he sat out the other ones Hutchinson was like no I'm doing all of them he, he, and then he goes out and he pulls a 98th percentile size adjusted athletic composite, again, with all the tests submitted. And it, it put him up in this, this again, historic phylum of athletic uh, d- d- defensive ends or whatever. So you have that. He's coming off of a historic season at Michigan. And everyone that you talk to about him just says, this guy's motor is ridiculous. It, it, it's not like, you know, usually you talk about people like his motor doesn't stop. With Hutchinson, it's like, you know, it, it's like vaunted, right? Like he, he's like the boogeyman. It's like, um, you know, he's coming for you sort of a thing. And so I, I just don't think that you can have any questions about him anymore. you got to put him as the prohibitive favorite right now to go 1-1. Thor, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, my man. Appreciate you, brother. All right, that was Thor Nystrom. Appreciate him coming on the program, NBC Sports Edge. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter. That's Thor Koo. All one word, so make sure you go check him out there. We're going to take a quick timeout. Come back. We got one more segment in this hour, and then we get to our five fave picks to click for this weekend. We'll talk about that next right here on The Game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The world-famous CD always has his eyes on the lines out in Las Vegas. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Here's his five favorite bets for the weekend. Will he make you rich beyond your wildest dreams? Or will you be cursing him out after he goes 0 for 5? Let's find out on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We got... One more segment, a few minutes before we get to our number two. The phone lines will be open, 337-706-0111. Before we do that, let me tell you about the ultimate crawfish boil. It is right around the corner. Hurry up and enter in in the rewards club today. You'll be winning some fantastic prizes, including, I think it's absolutely amazing, what they, they got so much stuff up for grabs, including, I think, I think one of my favorite things about these giveaways is the fact that we're giving away tickets to go see the Houston Astros. The season's just about getting ready to start up. I can't wait for it to get underway, but you can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot and burner, 
ice chest, tumbler chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. You can sign up today in the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's waste a little time and get to my five fave picks to click for this weekend, and more specifically, for tonight's action. Starting off with March Madness, the Elite Eight officially underway tonight. I got to go with Houston, money line over Villanova. That defense has been strong, and they beat number one overall seed Gonzaga. I think they can get back to the Final Four. I don't know their five slam a jamma, but they're pretty doggone close. Minus 150 favorites in that one. Duke, money line over Arkansas. I'll talk about it more in hour two, but Duke is getting hot, and it feels like Coach K may be walking to New Orleans in style one final time. The Toronto Raptors, I got them over the Indiana Pacers. That's minus 575 odds on the NBA front. One more, the Denver Nuggets over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Huge favorites here, minus 1250. And my final pick on this five-leg parlay, I'll go on the NHL side. Alex Ovechkin, anytime he scores against the New Jersey Devils, he's minus 120. That feels like it's easy money to take for Ovi of the Caps to get a nice goal over the Devils. It's a $5 parlay, and it cashes out to about $30, depending on what sports book you use. Make sure you gamble responsibly, and more importantly, maybe do the opposite of what I'm doing, and I think you will do quite well. Going to take a quick timeout. Back after this, hour two underway in just a few right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. 